Dave, welcome to Behind the Windshield with Dennis, your apprentice. It's good to be here. Awesome. We just met last night, so please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. My name is Dave Sabota. Um, I am a plumber in the plumbing trade. Um, I'm heavily involved with the PHCC apprenticeship program. Um, I'm our apprentice coordinator. Um, I oversee the training program in Las Vegas. Uh, we have about 85 apprentices uh, in Las Vegas and in Reno. Um, so instructing and, and teaching students has, has really become a passion of mine. Um, I didn't realize, you know, how much so until I actually got in and, and, and doing it. Um, but it's been great. Awesome. I am glad you're on the show. We, we've got to talk. This is Thank perfect. you. This All right. Is perfect. I, lo- I love that, too. How did you find the plumbing trade? Um, kind of by accident. Uh, I ended up in the plumbing trade just, I was just looking for a job. I ended up uh, knowing some people uh, in the framing trade, and they said, hey, the, the plumber on our job site is looking for some guys, um, and, the, and that's kind of how it all started. That was 25 years ago now, my wow. goodness. I know time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> how, so how did you know, when was your first inkling that, hey, this is serious? Um, probably... After I completed a two-year tech school, I went to ITT Tech while I was, um, I was plumbing in when I started the tech school, and I didn't think I wanted to do it, so I decided to go into computers and try and learn something different. Um, halfway through that, I, I switched jobs and suddenly started making really, really good money. I finished the trade school. Um, I have a degree in IT multimedia, which I, I don't use very much, obviously. Um, but there are some, some phases of that that I use now in, my, uh, in the design aspect of plumbing. Sure. So I do utilize that a little bit. But, um, yeah, once, once I finished that schooling, I just I kept plumbing and moved, away to Las Ve- uh, moved out of Las Vegas and moved back to Wyoming, where I'm originally from. Okay. Um, when I was there... Uh, Wyoming is a, a different different type of place. I tell you, I've heard it's uh, so. I didn't really want to do service plumbing, but um, I kind of got stuck doing it. Okay, and uh, it was probably the best the best career move that I had up to that point because I learned I I was plumbing for about ten years before I got there, but I didn't really learn the trade until I, I hit Wyoming and started doing the. the the service work and we really delved into into the all sides of it right. so to speak did you deal with radon in wyoming yeah i mean a little bit it was there um we had we had some crawl spaces where we had to run vents just straight f- through the crawl space and out the roof which was really odd to me i didn't understand what why i was doing it at the time right but i had a plumber from uh, wyoming that worked there and yeah, he was talking about radon, and I'm like, what are you talking about? That's something that a lot of places don't yeah. experience. Yeah, it just comes out of the ground. I'm not sure what it is, what it does still to this day, but... Yeah, yeah. but it's not good. It's there. And it's not it's there in Wyoming, yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yep. So how'd you, find, did you, uh, how'd you find yourself into the teaching side of plumbing? Um, <laughs> this one's kind of funny. That okay. they, some of my peers got me drunk. and uh, So we were at our, a graduation... And uh, uh, my wife, Echo, is the uh, office manager of the PHCC. So I ended up at, at the first graduation. There was about four students that graduated. 
and we were all hanging out at the bar, and they, they needed an instructor, and somebody said, hey, you should do it. You could, you could be a teacher. I said, nah. Um, but it kind of, the seed was planted, and it kind of grew from there, so to speak, and uh, I applied. I got the job. I was instructing for about two and a half years, and then uh, I got promoted to the apprentice coordinator position, which is now I kind of oversee all all four years of the apprenticeship program, plus all the trainings. Um, there's a lot, a lot going on in, on that role. And uh, since I started, we had, what, about maybe 30 apprentices. Um, now we're averaging you know, 80 to 90 apprentices at any given time. So wow. we, we've really exploded. Um, wow. Our graduating class this year is going to be uh, about 18 new journeymen on the, out on the, on the streets of Vegas, you know, yeah, killing it out there, you know. So awesome. we're really proud of that. So tell me, what's that? So I'm from Washington State, and we don't really have much of an apprenticeship program there. So what does an apprenticeship program with through PHCC look like? Um, well, it's a structured uh, four-year program. Um, our we have member contractors who who pay for those apprentices to go to school, right? Um, so they pay X amount of dollars for for each student that, that they have in the program. Um, the students' only thing that they're responsible for is, the, is what we call a book fee. Um, but that includes more than just books. It's just, you know, $300 per year. That's all they have to pay. And the employer pays everything else. Um, it's a nice investment that the employers put into the apprentices. And, uh, you know, sometimes at the end of an apprenticeship, people decide to go different directions. But there's, there's always that you know, camaraderie, you know, when you put an apprentice through a program and you see them grow and what they were at first year and what they, they become at the end of their fourth year. Um, I, li- I like to tease the guys and, and show their picture that we took of them when their first year, when they first started, and then what they become as they walk off the stage as a journeyman. I think that's really cool. Awesome. So is that like one day a week or one night a week? or? Um, it is two nights a week. So we have our uh, first year students, second year, third year, and fourth year, right? Um, Monday and Wednesdays, our first and fourth years go to class, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays, second and third year. So is that all day or in the evening? Or? It's in the evening, yeah. In the evening. It's okay. uh, two and a half to three hours of, of class time a night. Um, all the apprentices have to work uh, for a member contractor for 40 hours a week, and then they, they come to the class two nights a week on top of that, so... Um, we really commend those guys. Uh, they make a, a, a huge commitment to, you know, to, and sacrifice for their families just to, you know, work through and go to school at the same time. Sure. You know, we really sure. appreciate that commitment that these guys put into it. Yeah. I, I just had a, a, a follower of mine uh, reach out and say, how did you survive your apprenticeship when you're making so little money? And I was like, that brought back some memories. Yeah. Tell me a story about it. It's just tough in the start, right? You're not making much money. I mean, yeah, it does. It does start out um, where you're not the first, second year, you're not making as much as the third and fourth years. You can really see the, 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 like the, the trucks that these, the fourth years are driving, right? Sure. They're driving the big trucks into school. Um, but we have our first years in with our fourth years on the same night. So they're mingling together. And we, I do that on purpose because I want... I want the first years who are just coming in to get mentored by the fourth year students as well. So, and those guys are seeing, you know, that 
what the future is for them just by looking at the big trucks that, that the fourth year guys are driving, so yeah. to speak. So, um, but our program is, you know, once you're an indentured apprentice, um, you do, do get some rights. The employer that you work for has to pay you a, a percentage of the journeyman rate, right? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. by joining the apprenticeship, um, they can get, they can make more money than just an, being an average plumber, right? So sure. if you, you, you join the apprenticeship program, your employer has to pay you X amount of dollars as a minimum. You can make more than that. Sure. But, you know, that's, that's a nice incentive for these guys to, to get into an apprenticeship, get into a trade, um, because the, the wage is kind of set for you, the minimums. So you sure. know you're going to make at least that much money. Right. Yeah. Right. Very cool. How, how, so how do you find... How do you find young people? Um, it's tough, man. You know, we go out, we hit uh, high school uh, career fairs and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're trying to get people interested in the trades. And, and, and we're not just there pushing plumbing. We just, we just push apprenticeships, period. Right. right. right? The original four-year degree. Exactly. Um, so, but it is, it's kind of tough when you, when you hit those career fairs because... You know, where the PACC might be set up next to the, the Navy, the Army. Sure. Those guys take all of the guys. But, but then we pull them over. You know, that gets us close to us. Yeah. And then we can try and ambush them at that point. So. Yeah. Except no one's shooting at them. In the, I had a, my, my brother-in-law, he, he was in the Marines, and then he said, every day's a good day, no one's shooting at you. Right. Right? Yeah. So. Right. Very cool. So uh, I'd love to hear it. Tell, tell me a success story of a young person that. Oh, I got a good one. Okay, so uh, this guy, I, th- I believe, so that first graduation that I went to, he was one of the first graduates. Um, so I didn't really instruct him yet, but he's kind of a success story of, of our program. He, uh, he, he was a service plumber, worked for, for a fairly big company in Las Vegas, um, kind of developed a rapport and had a lot of respect from his, his own customers, just, just working for the company. As soon as he graduated school, um, he was able to fast track his uh, contractor's license due to, due to the experience that he had at his previous company. Um, so he kind of had to go through some hoops to get his contractor's license so quickly after becoming a journeyman, because you're supposed to be a journeyman for a year before you can do that. Okay. But he was able to prove some, uh, some of that work experience and he was able to get that. Um, I believe now he is he is exploding into. I think he's got like four, five trucks on the road. Um, we I heard a, I got a phone call from one of his guys the other day saying, um, "Help! We need some help. I think you know we're blowing up. I think we need an employee handbook. You know, so it's awesome. it's that type of stuff that's you know those types of success stories you know really make us this thing worth worth its while. Very cool." You know, so not, not everybody's made out to be a business owner. How, how do you tell if a, if a guy should start his own business or stay as an employee to, to be the happiest? Do you have any insight on that? Boy, that's a tough question. Um, I'm not sure. Um, I, I think that the, the most detail-oriented people uh, will have the most success in that type of okay. situation. Um, Motivation, guys that are um, show up to work every day and, and 
do the grind, you know, because, you know, that four-year commitment, it's, it's no joke. That The journeyman test is not, a, not an easy test, yes. you know, to pass. Yes. So um, it takes, takes a lot of commitment in that. And uh, just going through that process, if you feel success by doing that, I think you should, you should jump at it. You know, if, if you have, as an individual, if you have a lot of respect by your customers, if you're, you know, a service technician or if you're a new, new construction guy, um, you know, you, you earn that respect from those people and they, and they trust your work. And I think that's the key to, you know, if you can see that in somebody, you know, you can kind of help and, and support that, sure. that journey if that's the way they want to go. Sure. You know? Awesome. So now you have your own business too. Um, I, I don't own my own business. Okay. Um, I, I work for a contractor. Okay. Um, uh, there's been times where you know I've thought about making that that leap, but I have so much going on in my life. I wasn't sure if I could you know handle that commitment because business owners are they work all the time. Yes. And and I I kind of dabble in a little bit of IATMO and PHCC as well as my plumbing company that I work for, awesome. you know, 50 hours a week. So awesome. I'm not sure if I'm ready to make that commitment yet. I, yeah. See, I, I, the reason I ask that question is I see lots of guys that they feel like for whatever reason, they got to go start their own business to take the next step up. And mm-hmm. it's not always the case. A lot of them will struggle and struggle and struggle and maybe not ever make as much as they could have before. Yeah, on their own and yeah. have and have a better quality of life. So it's not it isn't for everybody. And I've been just trying to figure out how can you tell who would prosper as a business person, who would prosper staying as a employee in a support role or a number two at a company, right? So it's it's an important decision, and I think it. Yeah. I think it gets that a mistake is made oftentimes in that scenario. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, cool. The the young people, you know, they. I think they just need to get out there and. Find what they want to do, you know. Make, make a decision, you know. Um, there's, a, there's a friend of mine out in Las Vegas. He's, his name's Andy Aranda. He's, he's uh, the modern-day tradesman. Um, okay. this, this is my hat I'm wearing and the, and the shirt I'm wearing. This is another spinoff of it. Uh, oh, awesome. Uh, Wolf of the Trades. Wolf of the Trades. So, so Wolf of the Trades. So a- Andy's philosophy is, is trying to get people out there and, and figure out what you want to do. Get into a trade. Doesn't matter, you know, what trade that might be, but, you know, get out there, get into the trades, be that wolf. You know, if, you, if you're a lone wolf, you know, you, you can wolf this trade, man. Get this stuff done, you know. Awesome. You know, what? the next thing is once you get there, once you decide, stay there for 20 years. You hear this thing about compound interest, right, with money, that after 30 years it really stacks up. The same thing happens with a skill set if you will stay on a skill set for 20 years like yourself, yeah. all of a sudden you're an instructor, you're at a trade show, you're on a podcast, you're doing all this stuff, and it's all because you stayed focused on a yeah. particular trade. Yeah, exactly right. That, that's huge, yeah. Yeah, I got 25 years into it, and you can't believe how fast that goes. Um, and you're still young. Yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy to think about. You know, sitting here actually right now doing this when when I first started plumbing, and I was didn't know this is what I wanted to do, and I was yeah. decided to go to school at a at a tech school. Yeah, still paying those student loans, by the way. Oh but boy, it's been good. It's been a good career, and you know, 
I'm only 45, so I got, I got a lot of years left in me, a lot, a, lot, a lot I can give to the trade, and I plan on doing that. Awesome. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Yep.